Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we consider the impact of JobKeeper cuts which will leave no wiggle room for Australian households, then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting the subscribe button. As you subscribe, click that bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, tune in to our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday 7 to 8pm Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your questions. This week, the May unemployment figures were released with another 227,700 jobs lost during the month. The latest data now means the official unemployment rate sits at 7.1%, although I don't believe this figure tells the true story. That's because there are a number of factors at play that have not been included in the recent figures. This includes people who have been looking for a job but given up in the current environment together with thousands of individuals on the JobKeeper program whose businesses are only just surviving as restrictions are lifted because of the stimulus package provided by the government. While the government is happy to keep paying the JobKeeper payments until September, I believe we'll see a significant spike in unemployment when they stop, given that we cannot keep increasing our debt to stimulate the economy. But what is even more concerning is that the average household has very little savings and as such there is very little wiggle room if the government does stop paying the JobKeeper payments. When this occurs we will not only see a spike in unemployment but also a spike in mortgage defaults. As a country, if we cannot get back to where we were pre-COVID quickly, then there will be a significant strain on an already overloaded welfare system as businesses close and unemployment increases. So what are the best and worst performing sectors this week? The Australian stock market continues to intrigue given that it has closed lower than it opened in four of the last seven days. This week, information technology was the best performer, up nearly 8%, followed by energy, which closed up around 3.5%, and communication services up just over 3%. The worst performing sectors include materials, which closed the week at approximately 1.7% in the red, followed by utilities up just under 1%, and consumer staples up just over 1.5%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, Afterpay has continued its spectacular rise as it is up over 13%, given that speculators continue to push it higher attempting to cash in on the run. Although I suspect they may now be too late as the run will most likely end soon. 
A2 Milk is another stock that speculators like to jump into and was up over 9% on Thursday in second position. However, the stock was sold off strongly on Friday to close up for the week only 5%. Seek and TPM held second and third place. Both were up approximately 11% for the week. The worst performers include Aurora down 8%, followed by Fortescue Metals Group down 6.9% and Sydney Airport fell 6.35%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for the week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. All right, now let's get to the market. Last week, we talked about how the market traded up close to that level I mentioned to you at 6,350 points. We had a range there, 6,350 to 6,550. It came in a bee's knee, I guess you could say, of that range and then pulled back strongly last week. But the market managed to close up. So the market finished, you can see here, just um, below the 6,100 point mark. So it closed at 6,066. And I'm looking across the screen there at the monthly chart, and you can see there that the the All Ordinaries Index still is well below where we were in the GFC. So you can see the 6,873 points there at the all-time high. This was when um, we, we had the peak in the market when the GFC hit. And then, of course, you know, the rest is history and the market went pear-shaped. So we're still, psychologically, our market is still challenged to get through this level. This is really, despite COVID and everything else, if you're looking at the big picture, that's what it means. So we saw the huge reversal in the, the, the All Ordinaries Index in February with COVID and the market pulled back strongly. And we've recovered more than half of what, what the market lost during that time. But at the moment, the market's reached a bit of indecision. It's not sure whether it's going to rise or fall. Given we closed high on the bar last week, you'd think that early this week we could see the market take off again. And remembering that the inexperienced opened the market. So there's still a lot of people out there, all of these new accounts that have been opening up, people looking to buy shares that typically will do so after they've had a few chats with people over the weekend, probably looked for tips out there and then gone away and thought, well, okay, I'm going to put some trades on on Monday without much more thought than that. And then, um, so we could see the market push up a bit. And then towards the end of the week, I'd be expecting the market still to be up, but not necessarily strong. So if there's no big um, news that comes out, negative news towards the end of the week, then the market, I would think, would move slightly higher than where it had closed last week. Now, looking at the market, uh, we're well above where we were a few months ago, where this sideways consolidation occurred. And I'm just going to open that up because it it, it is possible that our market could trade back to this zone around the 5,600 point, 5,500 point mark at some time in the near future if the, the rise through this zone that I talked about fails. So we will get plenty of signs before this occurs. If it is going to occur and the market does reverse, we'll be looking at for a big sell-off if it does occur. If it goes strongly through that 6,550 points, then we could see it move higher towards the 7,000 point mark and to challenge that high that we've seen the all-time high on the market, which if we look back over a couple of months, um, it seems like a long time ago now with everything that's been going on, but it was 7,289.7 points, which is a good um, level for our market. So that's the discussion that I've got for you today on the market and I look forward to chatting with you again at some point in future and I'm sure that Dale's going to be back next week to talk to you about what the market's doing. Now let's get into the questions and the first question we have today is from Brian. 
Could you look at TWE? It looks to be breaking out of the range from 0.618 Fibonacci pullback. Now, thanks, Brian, for TWE. It's an interesting stock. Treasury Wine Estates. Look at the monthly chart and how the stocks traded down strongly since the, the high here. Now, I'll just go back to this point here. This was in May 2018 when it pulled back. There was a lot of talk about Treasury Wine Estates through this period here. And you can see there was a bit of a false rally, which ended some months later. This, this was sep September 2019. The low actually occurred in November 18. So it did last for almost a year, but still... The, the enthusiasm about the stock ran out. There was a lot of talk about what was happening in China and then it was threatening TWE's business. So the market sold them down quite strongly. We saw COVID come in to impact that as well. Um, and this was the continuation of that overall move from that all-time high. Now, since then, we've seen a bit of a consolidation in the stock price. So unlike the rest of the market that's been pushing up strong, strongly, Treasury Wine Estates is obviously one in the market that has been picked out as a potential risk. Now, this is a lot to do with what's happening in China because a big part of their business uh, goes into Asia. So there's a risk there for TWE. So we've seen this consolidation sideways, well below $12. So you can see this, these two peaks, one in April and the next one in June. And that's really a resistance level for the stock to move higher. So if TWE does get above this level, and I think it, it may, it's come back to fill a short-term gap there last week, we need to see it get back above $11.30 or $11.50, that sort of range. Once it starts pushing through, it's got a potential to head back up to between $14 and $15 in the short to medium term and could go beyond that um, and if it does go strongly beyond that, the next real level of resistance for it is somewhere between $17 and $18. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment, um, forgetting about Fibonacci pullbacks because the discussion on that is just too involved for, for this, um, this level here. It's more, that's one of the techniques or one of the levels that we use when we're looking at stocks and we teach people how to do this in module four of the diploma. So it gets right into understanding pullbacks and how things happen in nature. You've heard of the Doppler effect before and how a drop goes into a pond and then it ripple, there's a ripple effect. Well, there's a, a mathematical relationship for all things in nature. And, and this is what it talks about with the same with um, price action on stocks, because let's face it, people are trading these things. So there is a relationship between the, where a stock um, trades and where it, then it rebounds. So um, that's really what um, you were talking about there, Brian, but something you really need to understand really well. So that's TWE, and I look forward to chatting with you about the next stock. We've got a, another interesting share. Now, this one's a little bit more controversial, and the questions come from Chris. He says, hi, Janine. I'm new to trading, and I purchased some Qantas and Hello World Travel stocks while they were at their lowest during COVID, and I've made a decent profit since then. With all the talk on another market turn downturn, should I sell and reinvest in blue chip stocks or just stick with these for the long term? Now, Chris, first of all, the important thing for you is that when you purchase shares that you actually know when you're going to exit. And I'm, I might be sounding a little bit harsh here, but it's really important that, um, OK, you got in at potentially a good time and, and well done for doing that. But you didn't actually use any rules. You probably went in on a bit of gut feel. And if you've got this good gut feel or instinct about the market, you 
you add to that some really good grounding and structure and learn how to trade the market well and build the two together, your instinct and some support and technical analysis that's well understood. And you could be a really good trader over the long term and make yourself some decent money. But I'm not here to give you personal financial advice, so I'm not actually going to tell you whether you should sell or whether you should hold them. I'm going to then show you Qantas. So I'll bring Qantas up first of all on the screen so we can have a look at it. Qantas as an example is a very volatile share. It's one of the most volatile shares on the market historically. Uh, we'll put it into the sort of medium to high risk, higher risk category. Just look at the history on the monthly chart. Now this is a monthly chart. It's not even a daily or a weekly chart and look at the types of movements. Now while okay it can move up nicely it tends not to do that for any too great a length in time before it then has a big fall. So it might rise for um, six to 12 months and then you might see a really significant fall on the sh in the share price. So I would not be looking to trade this over the long term. It's just not a stock that I would even consider doing that. It, it could be a good trading stock if you've got the right set of rules, but then you have to be really nimble with your strategy. So looking at the, the long term picture on the stock, we can see that it got to an all time high of around $7.40. So this was before COVID hit. It was doing quite nicely, but then already look at the highs. They were getting higher, but they weren't getting too far on. That's often a sign that it may be slowing down. So that's what we were seeing there on Qantas already well before the COVID breakout occurred. And then typical with the, this type of share, it's in an industry obviously that's been hit hard by COVID and has been most affected. So TWE, not as volatile as Qantas, and yet both of them were hit quite hard because of their, the industry that they're in. Now, Qantas has recovered some of that. So we've seen it actually bounce above an important level. So it has traded back above $4, which is really important for Qantas to stay above that price, but it may actually dip down below that in the short term. So Qantas was rising on the euphoria or excitement about the potential for a V-shaped recovery rather than a W-shaped recovery. News also that airlines were in America were um, you know, starting to see numbers coming back, decent numbers coming back in, in terms of travellers. And also because there were there was this argy-bargy going on between China and the US and then the, the Chinese lifted restrictions, but it seems to be going back and forth. So I think that Qantas is still really one of those types of shares that could be at risk if there's another pandemic or breakout or if things escalate between the US and China even further. There's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of disruption, if you like, going on around the world at the moment. We've seen clashes between the Chinese and even India on their border. So who knows what else is boiling underneath the, the surface there. So airlines are always going to be a risky um, proposition, depending on what's happening in the political or global space. And they're very costly to run. So that's the other thing. So, But looking, um, looking at where the share price is at the moment, um, I would say that short term pullback we could see. It may actually get above $5 after that. But a real challenge for Qantas is get, going to be getting through that level and then maintaining its price. So I would look at this stock and say it's a trading stock, not a buy and hold or a longer term proposition. Uh, so I hope that answers your question, Chris, and thanks very much for putting that one up there. It's a controversial one. Now, the next question we have is from Jayantha. Appreciate your comment. Thinking of buying Dale's book. What is your thought about VTG Vita Group? Bought them when it was about $3 um, a few years ago and still holding. Now, 
Jayantha, interesting question. You're thinking about buying Dale's book. You've already got stocks. I would say that it's probably one of the best investments you'll make is reading that book. However, I'd if you're not if you're sitting there on the fence because of spending the money and not sure you want to spend it, you know, it's not a great it's not a huge price to pay for a book that's got such incredible information in it. Now, if, if you're concerned about it, you can go onto the home page of our website, get the free book, just pay the postage. But what you need to understand is the first book finishes in at the GFC, so it finishes at the high in 2007. The second book actually continues on from that, so it's a continuation almost. It's got um, lots of different and interesting things in the second book as well, and the first book really gives you a grounding and builds on that. So I, I would actually suggest that you get both books. Now, VTG, um, okay, you said that you bought it around $3. Let's go to the chart of VTG and have a look. Now, Vita Group is the company. You can see there that it's had a drastic fall from that all-time high. So huge fall from 2016. It was already falling well before COVID, so it was in trouble. But we've seen COVID push it lower. Now, I think it really needed that flush out. You can see it along the bottom there. Once it bottomed in 2017, it was really range bound, trading sideways between or below $2 and, a, and just below a, um, a dollar, so around 80 cents. Now, because of that range bound, often the stock will have to break out of that to go one way or the other and then eventually settle down, which is what it appears to have done. So it seems to be stabilizing around the dollar mark, which is a really important level for stocks because a lot of fund managers don't purchase stocks that are actually trading below that level. So stocks that are trading above a dollar often get more airplay. So it's really important for VTG to start moving back above that. But you can see the liquidity of this share is actually quite low. You know, we're looking at the, the number of shares traded here across the bottom, and it, it is quite low. Just in some weeks, it might be a million, maybe a million point four. It really varies. COVID obviously pushed it up to about five but we've seen, it, we've seen it drop back since again, below 2 million and even close to 1 million a week. So when you're talking about a stock that's trading at around a dollar, it's not a lot of money in that company at the moment. And so therefore the price can jump around quite a bit. You could really get wiped out. Um, and don't ever think that a stock won't go lower because it can. Um, it's proven that it can do that. You may have thought previously that it might not go lower and then it did. Well, it, it could repeat that again. So there's always a risk of that. Now, what needs to happen is we need to see VTG trade up above this high of $1.18.5. Um, $1 Once it gets through that level, it should rise for a few weeks and move back up to challenge this prior high in February. So that's what would be great if we could see VTG recover and move on again. I don't like to see these sorts of companies get sold down so strongly. You want to see a good news story and for the company to turn around. But at the same time, don't be hanging on hoping um, that that's going to happen. So the issue is that you bought it at $3. Now, sometimes you have to consider, well, am I going to take the loss or am I going to just see what happens and, and hold and wait? But you need to know where you're going to exit. That's really important right now for you to make that decision. So I wish you all the best with that and remember to get the books and um, don't waste any more time. The next question that we've had is another interesting one. Uganta, thanks very much for this question. Hi Janine, awesome market report. I'd like to hear your thoughts on ASX code URW, please. It is a good buy. Is it a good buy at current level around the 450 mark? He says, cheers. Okay, um, now 
Unibail, Rodamco, Westfield is the company that we're talking about. Now, what's interesting here is that the stock has been falling since it listed. Now, remember, um, you might have listened to Jim's report when I mentioned that when companies first list on the stock exchange, often they'll trade below their issue price in the first 12 months. Now, this company has been speculated on a lot, but it's actually continued to fall. So there's no, it's been out of favour for a long time and COVID just helped to, to make that um, far more evident. So we've seen the stock drop. It was trading at $15 originally when it came onto the market. And from there, we've actually seen um, the stock trade all the way down to below $4. So now this is a real problem, isn't it? When you, when you, if you've owned a share, you've been holding onto it and then you've let it fall, perhaps. Maybe this is one that you were holding onto. Um, I would suggest that you actually take real caution here because the stock dropped to $4. It may start to recover in the short term. There's always a risk because we still haven't got this bottom confirmed yet. Now, it's only had a couple of weeks up off the low. There may have been a lot of people speculating on it, trying to pick it up early. There is a potential for it to trade higher and head between 8 and $9 over the medium term. But right now, things are quite risky. So looking at the daily chart, I'm just going to go down to the next time frame because we don't have a lot of data. And it's not easy to analyze a stock where there's not a lot of history. You need at least three to five years of data to really get a good feel for this. So you know, looking at it, is it a good buy around the 450 mark? Well, I would say no stock's a good buy unless it's actually got the weight of evidence behind it that it's more likely to continue to rise. And um, I wouldn't be looking at this stock anyway, but you're asking me to buy. I would say that you need to have your own rules and really solid rules to determine how to buy because just because a stock goes above a certain level doesn't mean that it's a buy necessarily on its own. It needs to have other factors, jump other hurdles. Now, Clearly, this level here across this, the high of this bar, about 550 is a bit of a resistance level for the share. It has been unable to get through that and it reversed recently, not last week, but the week prior and traded all the way back down. Now, on last week's bar, we can see there's hardly any range there. So it's traded within a really small range. It needs to start trading back up towards the 550 mark. And it could be some weeks before it actually gives you um, a proper technical entry. So I would say with all caution, always wait for your technical entries rather than just looking for a price level. So that's my view on URW. Now, I do have another question here from um, Chiaro. I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. Finding your very your videos very helpful. Thank you. Cheers, he said. Could you analyze PBH stock, please? Okay, now... PBH, uh, we've got an interesting one here. This is Points Bet Holdings Limited. We're looking at the volume. Now, you can see here that during COVID, we saw, okay, stocks got sold off, but a lot of technology stocks took off. Now, we've seen a, a really um, sharp rise in the volume. So volume's actually more than doubled over the recent months, maybe the last six to eight months. So we've seen the big pullback all the way down to a low, um, about a dollar twenty. So it didn't go through the dollar market. Actually, got to a dollar ten, which is close. Um, it had been trading when it listed, not much above that. So when it listed, around it was around two dollars thirteen. So there would have been a lot of investors who would might have picked this up as a small stock to have in the portfolio. But always be wary about picking up these little stocks because they can end up being a bit of a, a doorstop, if you like, rather than anything useful in your portfolio. But it actually did trade up really well. So it, it has demonstrated in the past that it actually can trend nicely. 
but you can see here it was actually hit really hard so I'm just going to have a look at um, the downside so if I pull this uh, range down you can see how far it fell so it actually fell around 83 percent 83 or 84 percent of where it got to in the high now it nearly wiped out the whole um, value of the stock so but since then it's actually rebounded strongly to trade to a new high and looks like it's heading on its same traje trajectory now I wouldn't be purchasing this stock if you had, didn't already own it so if you held it then you'd be looking to set a really nice trailing stop on it at the moment there's no trend line that could be put underneath it because it doesn't meet the rules so you really need to come up with a strategy of how you're going to manage that going forward and the, the current low is not confirmed yet we've only got one week down it's not a confirmed low yet because the notice how the bar's red okay so we haven't confirmed that the low is in so this is going to be some weeks before we can actually confirm that and before any sort of an exit might start to form so this is the real real challenge it's it's with any trader when a stock actually accelerates and takes off on a really sharp angle that the real challenge is where do you actually set your stop loss and you and you need to get comfortable once you actually get the training and you learn how to set stop losses and someone's actually there looking at your work helping you through it or making sure you're getting it right then what happens is it becomes second nature you just look at a chart and you can see well look, that makes sense because you can't back test a stock like this because there isn't enough history to be able to do it so that's the real challenge so it's about then using your, your knowledge and your skills and experience to do it so it's not a stock for the inexperienced that's for sure I was excited to see so many comments and questions this week and I managed to sneak in an additional question for you um, hopefully the, the director's not going to stop me mid-sentence. The final question today is CFMC. That's the person who's written it. Um, I don't know what your name is, but that's your call sign. Very interesting. Um, he asked, he or she asked, could I have a review of Bub, please? Now, Dale's back next week, so I thought I'd um, get this one in and just get six instead of five in today. So Bub's on the screen there. You can see this is an interesting share you'll notice how volatile it's been over time and that's because of the illiquidity of this stock the right hand side is actually not a daily chart it is the weekly chart now the monthly chart even looks a bit sketchy over the history of it it didn't actually come into prominence really and start doing a bit better until around 2017 which is when a lot of those um, formula companies who were creating formula baby formula were really starting to take off now what we've seen is the share price came back during COVID, but it's actually recovered quite well. So this means it's it's a reasonably res resilient type of share. So I, I actually do like it. It's coming back above the dollar mark, so that's always important. But the real challenge for the share now is to get above $1.20. It really needs to do that because the risk right now is it could easily slip back between 70 and 80 cents. So it's got good support underneath it. So really good support across there at around 40 and 50 cents. So that should underpin it moving forward but as I said in the short term this is where the volatility could increase for a share like this and we could see it come back I'd rather see it come back now and fill fill that space in there between 70 and 80 cents hover around there for a little bit confirm support and then for it to move up higher but if it actually goes up first there's always a risk it could come back later and that would probably be worse for the share price but looking further afield it has the potential to go to around two dollars over time 
Um, if you're looking to trade these types of stocks, they're very sketchy because of the liquidity problems. Look at the issue with this down here. We can see you've got 13 million a week, but you're only talking about a share that's around 90 cents, maybe a dollar it's been trading at. So um, it's okay um, for an individual to get into and call according to liquidity, we would never look at anything like this with our, our direct equity managed account service because it's just not liquid enough for, to, for us to be able to put the big trades in. Because you've got to be thinking about, you know, if some institution comes along and they decide to sell it off, if they've picked it as a smaller stock, it could send the share price south really quickly. And, and it's a question of will you be able to get out at a price you want to get out at. But it does look like, looking at the chart, it looks like it could be traded quite easily on some simple rules. If you did the, the trading mentor course, for example, you may actually find that the investment in that would pay for itself in some stocks that move in this sort of rhythmic fashion where they go up and down and find strong support. So I would encourage you to, before looking at the stocks to always make sure that you've got enough knowledge first and whether you have enough knowledge is it all relative to your own understanding and perception about what you think that you need in the market and you don't know what you don't know. So just remember um, to make sure that you actually do investigate the courses on our website. Have a look at Dale's book if you haven't read it yet. It's a really good place for you to start. Now thanks for sending your questions in and thanks for watching until the end of the video. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer just stick them below. I'll answer them so get typing. Remember that here on the channel we do these Monday market reports every week. We also do a live stream every Tuesday night 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So hit the subscribe button now. Click on the bell on the right of it so that way you know when we upload and go live. I'm Janine Cox. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.